I'm not pulling on the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. So one of the, being home, I've had a lot of chance to talk to people. And today I have an awesome interview uh, with Richard Garfield. We're going to talk about Tempest. Hey, Richard. Hello, Mark. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to tell the very beginning of this story. And then I'm curious to get your side of this story, which is how you and I ended up on Tempest. Okay. Okay, so you had designed Alpha. Uh, you did Arabian Nights. And then you went off and were starting to do other things. You were designing, you know, um, Vampire the Eternal Struggle and, and a bunch of other games, uh, Netrunner and such. Yeah. Um, so when I was hired, I was hired in um, 95 by Mike Davis uh, as a developer. Uh, uh, and I wanted to be a designer, but I was told at the time, like, they didn't need designers. They had you. Uh, they needed developers. And so I got hired as a developer. But my secret passion was I really wanted to be a designer. Um, and so... I was trying to figure out how I could let, how I could design magic, what I could do. Um, and so you and I were talking, and you had said that you were interested in doing magic design again. You hadn't done magic design in a while. Uh, and so I, I took that and ran with it, and I went to uh, Joel or whoever, whoever I had convinced of this and said, Richard, uh, you know, would you let me make a magic set if Richard did it with me? <laughs> and they said, uh, <laughs> sure. And, and so... My, my big break was that you were on the team. That's, that's why they let me do it. So what, what is your memory? of uh, How did you remember getting involved in Tempest? Uh, I, I, what I remember of Tempest was uh, its focus on uh, developing characters. Um, so not that, you know, not, not the context in our other design in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember, of course, that was uh, very tied with you and that I was working with you and mm -hmm. that uh, we were, uh, 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 to some degree, uh, partners in the design. But, uh, um, yeah, that, that's what I remember. And I, I did not actually remember that this was the first uh, set that I worked on uh, since Arabian Nights. I probably, you know, gave feedback. On, I'm sure I gave feedback on a lot of them, but... Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, I did not remember this was the one that I, I, I came back to. That, and that was my memory as far as being on the design team. Obviously, uh, yeah. It's probably true. Um, I know that, that after, uh, after doing Magic uh, Arabian Nights, the reason I went off was because I wanted to focus on uh, what else you could do with trading card games rather than, you know, Magic. Um, and uh, additionally, I wanted uh, Magic was such a big job. Uh, it, it, it had to deal with so many different uh, types of players and people that I knew that, that we wanted to have lots of people who were good at making it. So I wanted the uh, designers and developers who followed me to have the freedom to do that. So so the other big thing that you, you introduced, let me explain to the audience, is so um, Michael Ryan and I um, went to the Magic Brand team and pitched this idea of doing a story. Like, Magic magic had, like, there are elements of story. The Brothers' War was, you know, mentioned. Like, Antiquities sort of hinted at it happening long ago. Um, but there wasn't sort of an ongoing narrative that you saw in the cards, necessarily. And so we pitched what we called the Weatherlight Saga at the time. Or what ended up being called. I, I don't know if we pitched it as that. But, uh, so, Weatherlight kind of, we quickly did Weatherlight to introduce, the, the, to get the story started. But Tempest was kind of the big starting of the story. So that's what you're talking about is... For the first time, we were representing a story on cards in a way that we really hadn't done before. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, uh, the, certainly, the development magic had uh, 
wrestled with the best way to do uh, story and character and such with the cards. Uh, with with uh, uh, the original Magic, it was all um, just elements that hadn't been, had, didn't have any real uh, context outside of their hooks into old uh, myth and legend. Arabian Nights was the same, but it was more uh, focused on a particular uh, mythos. And then, uh, and then, uh, of course, Antiqu- Antiquities, as you mentioned, uh, had. Uh, a take at that as well, but it wasn't a current story. It was uh, still elements of a story, but they were ones that were original. And uh, and since the designers felt that uh, um, you couldn't get them in any order, that they having them be sort of archaeological remains were uh, an appropriate way to do it. But this, yeah, this was the first time that people, uh, you know, that, that we uh, were, were serious about actually making, you know, making what is more traditionally, a, you know, a story which you follow. Okay, so so my, my one of my earliest memories of Tempest is for the very first week of Tempest. Uh, do you do you remember where our, our first week of design was for Tempest? Uh, I'm going to guess Tahoe. No, no, uh, uh, it's not my it family. Portland. It was Portland. your family. Okay, yeah, yeah, Portland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I remember a trip there. I did not remember that was uh, Tempest. Yeah. So we we went down to Portland where um your your parents lived and uh the first week of Tempest Design was in your parents' house down in Portland. Cool. Yeah. That was a fun time. What what, did, what is your memories of that week just curious? Um Here I'll I'll share a story while you think. Um okay. one of my one of my memories of that week was for some reason so the the design team was me and you Mike Elliott and Charlie Catino. Um, and we decided for some reason that we weren't going to shave all week. And so, um, we were trying to see in seven days who could make the best beard. And it was not a fair fight. Charlie was there. So it it just wasn't particularly fair. Uh, Like in seven days, Charlie went to like full beard. It seemed like (laughs) so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't really have any memories, uh, other than, uh, uh, just generally, uh, uh, working on design with you guys and, uh, that it was a pleasant change of a uh, change of environment. I don't remember why we went there. Uh, I you? think I, here's my, here's my guess is what happened is we had gone to Tahoe for a couple things. And the idea of just getting away was kind of like, we thought it might be fun to get away. And you offer, I think you offered up your parents' house. You're like, Oh, we can go down to Portland. And you know, my parents yeah, yeah. don't mind. Um, and so we went down there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that I think that's how it right. happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that certainly, especially, makes sense if we had already done the Tahoe yes uh, design stuff, uh, which uh, I, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, right. Tahoe was before and after. We there was Tahoe trips after the trip down to your de- your parents, but um, there was stuff before. So I, I think we just I don't know. My guess is you were inspired. Like, hey, we went to my dad's. <laughs> Why don't we go to your dad's? So right, that makes sense. Um, okay, so this is so the the way it worked was. Um, Mike Elliott and I were very in a similar boat at the time. With both of us, were hired as developers, really wanted to be designers, and each of us had done lots and lots of design on our own, sort of, you know, just designing magic cards in our spare time and such. Uh, and so that week, what I had said to everybody is, bring any ideas you have, and then we'll just go through them. Whatever you want, you know, sort of uh, carte blanche. And um, Charlie brought a little bit. And you brought, you know, not a, you brought some, and then Mike and I brought some insane amount of of cards, like you know, fifty pages of cards each sure. or something. Um, 
And then we just went, th I remember we went through it. We just, we sat in the, the downstairs at your parents' place and we just, we went through like card by card. What do we like? What do we not like? Um, so, so something that, that strikes me as strange is, uh, uh, you said that, uh, you guys weren't, uh, de designers because they had me, but if I wasn't doing magic design, who was doing the design? Well, uh, early on, there were outside groups, right? Mirage was done by an outside group. Um, Ice Age and Alliances was done by an outside group. Um, Tempest was the first time we had done in-house. It was the first. Oh, okay. It was the first yeah, large yeah. set that, hey, inside the building we were going to make it, not exterior to the building. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think okay. when they, they hired us, they're like, oh, we have all these outside people doing stuff, and they eventually realized maybe we should have the inside people doing it rather than all the outside people doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what happened, and. I, I just I, I positioned myself. That's all. I, I was very eager to do it. And then Mike Mike was also very eager. So I, that's one of the reasons Mike was on the team is Mike and I have been chatting a lot about wanting to do design. Um, sure. Okay. So let's. I'm going to walk through some elements of Tempest, uh, and I'm, I'm curious to get your memories. So the first one is something that was your baby. So I'm curious to get your memories of this. Was buyback. So what are, what are your earliest memories of the making of buyback? Buyback. Uh, so, so this was something where that was the uh, where where you uh, pay mana to get it out of the discard pile. Uh, no, no, no. You pay oh, mana. Yeah. You pay mana to not put it into the discard pile. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was. Um, I, I like to see. I remember liking uh, cards that had uh, more life to it than uh, than just uh, than just. Uh, being used and going to the discard pile or living outside for a little while then being destroyed uh, so so ha and, and and I've always you know wanted to incorporate uh, um, more sorcery type effects into uh, a structure other than fire and forget that they that they like creatures are so inherently interesting because uh, they do something they hang around they interact with one another but but you have to sort of work to make uh, 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 sorceries exciting. And I, I think I was probably also thinking uh, the uh, Cosmic Encounter, as as well known as a, a big inspiration to me here, um, has these uh, flare cards. Um, and the flare cards in Cosmic, uh, uh, when you played them, you get to keep them. Um, and that was much more interesting than playing them and having them discarded, because uh, when you played them and kept them, uh, you're you know the oppo the opponent was surprised by it perhaps but it changed the entire context of the fight going forward uh as opposed to you play it and it goes away they might say oh that hurt i hope that doesn't happen again <laughs> but but here that you you would know it was happening again so buyback uh, might be you know might have been i might have been thinking of it as a way to uh yeah get, get a permanent change to the uh to the uh to the hands landscape yeah another interesting thing about buyback is i think it was the first mechanic what we now call it like kicker mechanics. It was the first mechanic where you could pay extra mana and then the card get got extra efficiency in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, mean, I think, I think we were all talking about also uh, ways to make it like a, one of the arc of magic is you begin out starved for mana. And at the end, you know, you got more than you know what to do with. Uh, and so you uh, design your deck in some way around that. Um, and, and, and cards which had uh, extra utility later by being very expensive but didn't lose their utility early was were sort of interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that buyback really paved the way for a lot of things that followed. Um, 
Oh, so here's an interesting, real quick story for the audience, just behind the scenes stuff. I'm curious what you remember this. Okay. There's, there's a mechanic that we tried to make work that we just could not make work at the time. So the idea was there were cards that had draw triggers that, w- that, that when you literally drew them from your library, they would have an yeah. effect. Like, you know, it was a lightning bolt, but it did one damage to you when you drew it, you know. Um, yeah. do, you remember, do you remember this? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, although, although it might be running together into the many times we tried uh, these, uh, uh, whatever you you uh, the, probably the first example of that was uh, uh, in in uh, your uh, unglued sets, you know, like the 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 mail bomb or something. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, unhinged, right, right, yeah, you, but, but yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> draw triggers uh, were something we 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 returned to a bunch of times, and so uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I, to my memory, I mean, maybe someone did it before Tempest, but that was the first time I, re- I remember us messing around this space. Um, yeah. And we, I, I remember we, like one of the things we thought about is, well, what if we just change the backs? Cause this is before like sleeves were a thing. What if the backs were just different? And so when you saw it on top of your library, you and your opponent, everybody would know, oh, that's one of these cards. So you got to reveal it when you draw it. So you see what happens. Yeah. Um, but that, and so originally we were going to try to do that. It, that didn't work out. And then you came up with buyback. Like buyback was, it kind of, we took all those out of the set and you, we put buyback in. Buyback was kind of the the filler that fit, that went in there. It was replacing that. Oh, um, uh, I, I did not remember that. that so another, yeah. yeah. Another thing that you introduced in Tempest, that was in Tempest design for a while, uh, was cycling. Uh, it was the first time we had ever done cycling. You, you, you actually, we put it into uh, Tempest and then we could we we put too much into Tempest. Bill had to take stuff out, but we uh, we overstuffed it. And so cycling was actually original. Do you remember this putting cycling? Yeah, in? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, cycl- cycling was uh, exactly the the same area where we where we were thinking about uh, um, how to handle um, the the wide variety of different uh, uh, mana you have during the game. And so cycling is uh, another way to go about it. Where where uh, with with uh, um, buyback, it's useful at the beginning because you can play it for cheap, and it's useful at the end because you can buy it back. And with cycling, it's uh, useful at the beginning because it's cheap, uh, or or it's contextual, and it's useful late because you can always you know cycle it away. So it's probably a good move not doing both at the same time because they are sort of covering some of the same design space. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly why it got pushed off. It was, it, you're right, the, putting buyback and cycling in the same set didn't make sense. Um, yeah. And I think we had uh, made more use of buyback in the set than we, the cycling was there in a lower level. So it's easier to pull out. Yeah. Uh, although we yeah, use it the next sense. year. The, in fact, both the main mechanics from Urza Saga, which was, uh, the next year were both things that were in Tempest design. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds, uh, like something I, I, I seem to remember that happening a lot where we would, uh, you know, we would over-design sets and then a lot of stuff got pulled and got you know pushed off. But, but maybe I'm mainly thinking of uh, this design experience. It, it did happen, but Tempest, one of the things that Tempest did, for, it's a kind of funny story, is we so overstuffed the design that I think like for seven years, every set had at least one card that originally had shown up in Tempest design. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but both Echo and Cycling were in, um, originally in Tempest design, and then Mike Elliott used them a year later when we needed Urza Saga, so. Right, right. Okay, so let me talk about other mechanics. These weren't created by you, um, but I'm curious about your memory of the early memory of them. So one of them is Shadow, which was Mike Elliott had made, I think, in a. Oh, I think I. I, I oh, did I you make Shadow? Up, 
Okay. No, no, no. I, th- I think this was a, 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 a that we that we both did. Uh, oh, okay, okay, uh, that's great. I, I remember, I remember uh, um, that one a lot. I, you know, we, we had, of course had different names for it, but I do remember uh, uh, coming up with that independently, and we both we both because uh, it's a pretty simple idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, let, let's hear your. I know Mike's story, so let's hear your story. How, how, how did you get there? Um, well, uh, um, I was thinking about. Uh, You've, the interaction between the creatures is really uh, is very interesting often, and and you have all these different things that modify the way they can interact. You've got flying, which of course is sort of the main one. Flyers can only block flyers, uh, and uh, but then you had all the uh, island walkers and uh, swamp walkers, which uh, which uh, sort of uh, weren't as big a part and have kind of kind of fell out completely, uh, and they, they weren't quite as interesting. Because uh, they allowed you to bypass uh, uh, the creature combat uh, as opposed to flying, which sort of made it different. And so uh, uh, there was a point when I realized that, uh, you know, I was, was thinking about it, I realized that there's no reason why you couldn't have all sorts of different versions of flying. Um, they and they could have uh, they could act exactly the same as flying if you wanted or, you know, they could be a little bit different. But the idea that uh, you have a creature with. You know, you could. I, I thought of it as different tubes. Uh, you could fly. You could attack down tube A or tube B, B or tube C. Tube C. And uh, if you had uh, a, a card that could attack down a particular tube, you could only block it with a card that could block that particular tube. So um, tube B or not tube B? Is that the question? Yeah, that, <laughs> <clears throat> yes, uh, that sends me back to uh, our design sessions. Um, so. Uh, and I remember there's a lot of uh, 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 conflict about how how powerful you could make these guys, um, because the, the one big difference between that and flying, flying could block everybody, so uh, it could block it, uh, uh, but it could only, uh, but but it, uh, it could only be blocked uh, 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 by people who could block that particular tube. Uh, uh, shadow uh, was was like flying, except uh, it couldn't block regular guys um and uh and and so it was sort of locked in that sort of separate area and the way certainly the way i pictured it was that it could be uh equal and opposite you know that there there, you wouldn't have to make them particularly stronger or weaker because uh because they're they're no strong essentially they're no stronger or weaker than uh um than uh, regular creatures um and uh, uh, but uh, uh, we found that uh, that we, re- we we decided to go with making them all really pretty small, though. Yeah, well, I think we made the the toughness low was the big thing that they weren't hard to destroy if you need to destroy them. Um, but yeah, we they were on the smaller side. But when we even when we got them bigger in power, we, we always left the toughness pretty small. We made them fragile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, which is yeah, it's fine um, if. Because because they had this, you know, they were part of the going to be part of the set, and not you know necessarily continued forever. Uh, so so uh, yeah. So even though they were not inherently any pa- more powerful or weaker than uh, than regular creatures, uh, you, you you sort of had to treat them as uh, exceptional anyway. But you could certainly imagine magic uh, from the beginning having been designed with shadow creatures, and they were as tough and uh, you know just exactly the same as regular creatures. And you would decide how to distinguish, you know, distribute your army. Yeah, I think if they were a core part of the game, you could treat them differently. But because right, 
if you play a shadow creature ten years later, who has you know other people might not have shadow, so it just becomes this unblockable creature. Right, and uh, yeah, and and yeah. So and the disadvantage that you can't block the other. Well, the, the, the defender in Magic has such big big advantages. You don't need as many creatures to block a similar number of creatures, and so that's why uh, yeah, that's, that's one reason why. Um, having one shadow guy is a big advantage because you still can block everything pretty much with your other guys. Okay, let's talk about another mechanic. Uh, well, I, I, you at least inspired this mechanic, although I don't know if you, how, the hand you had in this mechanic. Uh, slivers. What is your yeah. me- what is your me- so slivers are all creatures that grant uh, the same ability okay. to other other slivers. Um, what is your memory of slivers? Um. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly uh, don't remember uh, having any particular part of Slivers. Uh, um, I was uh, a little, I think I was a little skeptical of having uh, cards that were so, um, my, my preference in general is for cards that don't combo obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um it's not that I want, you know, super subtle combos, but I want to feel like there's some uh, cleverness in putting it together uh, that you're a little surprised by it. And, and Slivers felt to me a little bit on the nose mm-hmm. uh, where, where it's pretty obvious what you do. But, uh, but, but a lot, you know, they, they got a big response in part, I'm sure, because of that. And also because, you know, so many clever things were done with them that – that uh, even though they're obviously combo with one another, there's all sorts of different ways to go about that. So that was, you know, that was a good solution to the on the nose problem. Okay, so here's my trivia question for you, Richard. Um, there's a card that you made uh, uh, that inspired that inspired it. What card did so, you make that inspired Slivers? So, sorry, sorry, uh, uh, you froze there for a minute. Can oh, sorry. Um, so my question is: There's a card you made, a design that you made. That was the card no, that inspired Slivers. What is the card that you made that inspired Slivers? Oh, uh, uh, Plague Rats? Yes, Plague Rats, exactly. Um, so Mike Elliott was, he lo- he really liked Plague Rats, and he was trying to sort of make a whole, how do you make a whole, you know, creature type of, sl- of Plague Rats was the idea. And that's where, that's where Slivers came from, was trying to, like, take the fun of Plague Rats, but just... What if it wasn't just making things bigger? What if it granted flying? What if it granted other abilities? And so, so although you didn't directly do slivers, you inspired slivers. So, <laughs> uh, so did you get my response? Because you were frozen there. Uh, I, 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 I didn't hear what you said, but uh, but I, I'm guessing uh, uh, plague rats. Yes, yes, okay. yes, plague rats. That is correct. Okay. Um, so do you. What, what, we talked yeah, about the main mechanics. Talking about an on-the-nose uh, combo mechanic. Yeah, yes. Plague Rats is certainly the one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my question is, uh, open up a little bit. Do you have any particular memories of Tempest? Like, when you think of Tempest, what do you tend to think of? What are, what are your strongest memories from Tempest? I, I tend to think of, well, um, I, I thought of a, a, a Shadow, for some reason, uh, really stuck in my head. Um but uh, beyond that, uh, I really thought about the the characters, uh, Gerard, uh, the Goblin, uh, and, and so forth, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the way they were being handled, uh, and uh, um, sort of the challenges with uh, with uh, you know making making a story fit with uh, player autonomy and uh, the mix and match sort of nature of magic. 
So what what were the challenges? What what, what did we have to do that we never had to do before? What, what, what was the added challenge? Well, I mean, you have to sort of think about uh, what it means to be defeated in the game. Uh, um, and uh, you have to think about uh, how characters evolve over time they're not always the same and they're, they're they're much richer than a card can make them out to be so so you really want to make multiple gerards for example mm-hmm. uh um to sort of capture uh an arc rather than just you know just one instance of a character um and uh um and it's easy to take sort of a uh it's easy to take a character and say, okay, this is what a goblin looks like, and not think about it any longer. But when you're following a goblin through a story, uh, there's going to be more than you can fit on a card, and so choosing what to put there is a is a is a challenge. Um, the mix and match nature of magic is something which uh, um, uh, you know you also sort of have to think about. You've got to make it like uh, the fact that uh, the characters that were introduced in the Weatherlight uh, were sort of. Uh, together on this uh, ship and you had members of all sorts of different uh, uh, colors um, was was pretty important because uh, when we've tried to do you know, trading card games where there's more like with uh, say uh, uh, Lord of the Rings where there's more of a dark side and a light side and it looks weird when you start mixing them mm-hmm. uh, you sort of want any story told within the magic universe to have a uh, no, not necessarily infinite flexibility because that would mean you have no story really. But but at the same time, you want to have uh, enough flexibility that whatever deck people put them in doesn't look too weird. Yeah, one of the big challenges, and this was a big creative challenge, is we, one of the visions that Mike and I had was we really wanted you to see the story in the cards. And the idea is, if you took all the cards and put them in the right order, you literally could see the story that we were telling. Uh, and in fact, the duelist at the time, we actually had an article where we we told the story, but but we showed all the cards in order. Like we showed you the story in order on the cards, basically. Um, and it, I remember one of the big arguments. So, uh, how does pulp fiction tie into magic? Uh, I remember I was arguing at the time. The reason that like one of the th- one of the problems with the trading card game is you don't know the order you're going to see things in, right? That you know you might get the middle of the story before you get the beginning of the story. Uh, and I was arguing that like Pulp Fiction demonstrated how you don't have to tell stories in order. That one of the fun things sometimes, you know, and, and there's a, there's some classic examples. Annie Hall does this as well. That you don't always have to tell a story in order for the audience to appreciate the story. Um, sure. And so I was using stuff like Annie Hall and Pulp Fiction to say, look, look, there's classic storytelling in which it's not in order. Hey, the audience can sort of piece things together. And part of the fun of it might be, oh, I've seen this piece, but now I get to see that piece. And that... Um, the, the big argument at the time was, hey, let's lean into trading card games and maybe the story being out of order isn't such a horrible thing, that there is some fun storytelling that still can be told. And that if you tell very archetypal stories, meaning, you know, the, the, stories, the stories themselves are complex, that they're following very simple, you know, modes of how stories are told, that it would be easier for the audience to understand because you're not, like, reinventing storytelling. You're using basic storytelling, but the, the means in which you're telling it is what makes it novel, not the story. The story itself is a very, like, Michael and I, uh, there's a famous book by Joseph Campbell uh, called The the Faces of Myth, I think. I think I may be messing up the name of the book, but he talks about how there's, like, eight stories. Like, there's eight stories in, in mankind. Uh, and we took the myth of the epic hero, which is the same story uh, Star Wars is based on. Um, 
And we just, we like literally, he maps out what the pieces you have to do to tell that story. Uh, and George Lucas did the exact same thing with Star Wars. So uh, you could, and, and so we took the exact same story as Star Wars and made our story, which is not at all Star Wars, which shows how you can mix up stories. But um, we did a lot of like, you know, the, like the fact that the, the the main bad guy was the brother of the good guy is, you know, not, not an accident or anything. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't yeah, want to yeah, give yeah. away Star Wars things, but the the main the main good guy, the main bad guy, might have been related. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I remember that being being a a a, a topic of conversation. I know that uh, that I, I was pretty happy with uh, the way they went about it with uh, um, uh, antiquities. The idea you couldn't tell it in order, so uh, that is exactly like archaeology, where you can't exactly tell what order you're going to get things in. But when you reframed it as sort of modern, uh, you know, just just storytelling, uh, where where you don't necessarily get things in order, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense and made a lot of sense, and so uh, uh, sort of opened that up a lot more. So anyway, I I can see my desk from here, so I'm almost to work. Um, any last thoughts on Tempest? I know there's a lot. This just for the audience to understand, this was a long, long time ago, um, okay. and uh, we're digging back deep. And, and I talk about magic all the time, so like I, I'm constantly kind of reminding myself of things. Richard might not have talked about Tempest for what twenty years. I mean, it's it's been a while. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, certainly one of the reasons I was interested in uh, uh, joining this uh, episode because uh, it's fun to fun to have my memory prodded. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't really remember uh, beyond that. I'm sure that there were uh, dozens of other things you could bring up though that would prod me. Um, uh, for me, uh, yeah, the development around that time. Uh, was uh, you sort of all ran together uh, uh, in a lot of different ways. Well, so let's wrap up. One of my favorite memories of that is it is the first time that you and I had worked as closely as we had. I mean, we had worked together before, obviously, but it was the first. It was the first like big project where we worked very closely together. And um, I, I consider you a mentor, so uh, it was a really big deal for me to get a chance to work with you on making a magic. I mean. Since then, you've I made some more magic sets, but uh, it was a giant deal for me, and it was a real turning point. I mean, really, what, I went from being a developer in everyone's minds to being a designer, so uh, it was... Uh, I have very fond memories of Tempest, and especially yeah. with, with your involvement on Tempest, so... That was a pretty, yeah, pretty exciting uh, set. Uh, uh, as you uh, mentioned, all those mechanics that we were tossing around, uh, and and obviously, uh, yeah, uh, anything which uh, um, is the uh, uh, first... Uh, first official design of uh, both you and Mike Elliott's got to be cram packed with ideas because you guys are uh, f uh, founts of uh, design. Yeah, no, it was, I'm not kidding when I talked about like, when I say seven years, every single set had a, a card that was originally in Demis design. I, you might sound like I'm exaggerating and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> uh, and it probably trickled past that. Just, I think for seven years, it was every single set for like seven years uh, that, that we, we had made this. We, uh, it's, it's crazy how many cards we had. We had a lot of cards, but uh <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun designing uh, uh when when you get into it uh, yeah there's just and when you and when you come up with one idea you can just oh there's just so many things you can do with it uh it's a it's it's a delight designing for something like magic where uh it's very uh flexible and you have an audience that really understands it yeah and, and tempest like i said it was it was considered sort of at the time, it was like, we're trying something new, we're doing in, you know, we're, we're designing it in office and not outside, you know, not outside the Wizards, but within within Wizards, and it ended up being a really big hit. The uh, the audience re really, really liked it, and so, um, 
And like, like I said, it was the first, a lot of firsts as we talked about today. Like, you know, buyback was kind of the first kicker mechanic. And there's a lot of firsts that started there. So it was definitely uh, a very instrumental set. And when I look back at sets that kind of shaped what came after them, Tempest was a big one that really did a lot of reshaping sort of how we thought, thought of things and stuff like that. But I want to thank you for being with us, Richard. It was, uh, it's always fun having you on. It's always fun talking about just past things you and I did together. So, um, maybe in the future, we, 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 you and I have a few more sets we worked on together. So maybe I'll, I'll get you back at some point and we'll talk about like, uh, making Odyssey or Innistrad or anyway, but, uh, or Ravnica, a lot, a lot of cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of design, a lot of design to talk through. Uh, I always like talking games. It was always great to talk to you, Mark. So anyway, guys, I'm now at my desk. So we all know what that means. Uh, instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I want to thank you, Richard, for being with us. Thanks so much. A pleasure. And to all you, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.